What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Berrien County voters will select a new county clerk this year. Today, Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler announced that she's not seeking re-election. Addressing county commissioners this morning, Tyler said during her 12 years as clerk, the office has seen many changes that required a lot of hard work from the entire staff. She said it's that staff that enabled her to do her job. You have to be a team in order to succeed. And if you think you can do it all by yourself, you will fail. And that is the key. Tyler said her replacement will need the experience to hit the ground running. I will be endorsing somebody in the near future who has that experience. I will wait for them to do that and I will back that person because I want to see a county clerk who can begin on day one. Tyler was a state representative for the Niles area prior to becoming Berrien County Clerk. She left the state legislature to seek the county office. She's also been a Lincoln Township Planning Commissioner, a Lincoln Township trustee, the Niles City Interim Administrator, the Berrien County Economic Development Financial Services Manager and Director of the Southwestern Michigan Economic Growth Alliance. She says after her term is up, she'll spend time traveling and enjoying her grandchildren. However, Tyler adds, quote, don't be surprised if you see my name on the ballot again. Michigan's new red flag law has raised a red flag for the Berrien County Board of Commissioners. The red flag law enables police to remove firearms from the possession of someone deemed a threat to themselves or others via an emergency risk protection order. Speaking to colleagues today, Commissioner Jim Curran said the administration committee this week heard from Judge Mabel Mayfield, who talked about who's responsible for those seized guns. It would be the police agency involved in the seizure. Let's say Auclair PD initiates it and they agree that the weapon should be confiscated. Auclair PD will retain that weapon. Where your question comes in that she didn't answer is when citizens come in and there's not a law enforcement agency involved. Board Chair Mac Elliott said storing confiscated guns could be a drain on the sheriff's department. He proposed that Michigan State Police have that role. The benefit of having all the state police districts in the state be repositories is it would provide uniformity and it would also have the state pay for something that they have mandated. Elliott said the county does not have a proper facility for storing confiscated guns, which could be kept by police for up to a year. He suggested more discussion on the state level about the issue. Legislation that would give local governments more authority to set speed limits on roads in their jurisdiction has the attention of Berrien County Commissioners. At today's meeting, County Administrator Brian DeSette told commissioners House Bill 4012 could mean more work for the county. I think that there's a good argument to be made that this is a positive thing, but as the owners of a road department just understand that I anticipate we will be swamped with work requests and there will be costs associated with doing those updates and then there will be costs associated with going on actually changing signage and all of the various documentation. Currently, speed limits are set by the Michigan State Police working with county road agencies and townships. With more local control, DeSette said he would expect a lot of requests for lower speed limits on some roads around the county. The legislation would allow exceptions to the 85th percentile rule that requires posted speed limits to be within five miles an hour of the speed that most drivers actually go on the road. DeSette said the bill does appear to be headed for passage. 
The Berrien County Road Department is planning a couple of information sessions on road projects coming up this year. First up, on March 7th, will be a presentation on plans to improve Lakeside Road, Pier Road, and East Road in Chickaming Township. Representatives from the Berrien County Road Department will be there to provide an update and answer questions related to the project. They'll present the project plans, talk about the streetscape elements, and more. The presentation will be at Chickaming Township Hall from 5 to 7 p.m. There will also be a Zoom option, the link to which we'll have at our website. The other presentation will focus on plans to reconstruct Red Arrow Highway from US-12 to Community Hall Road this year. Among the topics of discussion will be the four-lane to three-lane road configuration design, or road diet. They'll also talk about non-motorized trails, the schedule, the effects on traffic, and more. The construction schedule anticipates the project starting in the late winter or early spring this year, and it will require the road's closure to through traffic through some phases. The meeting to learn more about that project will be March 11th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at New Buffalo Township Hall. A $3 million state grant will help to fix up a dilapidated property in the village of Decatur. Van Buren County Treasurer Tricia Nesbitt tells us the Van Buren County Land Bank Authority has been awarded the grant by the Michigan State Land Bank Authority as part of a blight elimination program. They're going to use the funds to rehabilitate the Edgar Bergen Building, formerly Decatur High School. That property has had vacant since 2007. The village has had a number of issues. You know, it's been declared a, a public nuisance. I know the police officers have made many visits there. So rehabilitating this and getting to work on it will be taking care of those issues as well, which I think will be a relief to the community. The three-story structure was built in 1920. The last high school class to graduate there was in 1963. After that, it was used for elementary students and later alternative education. It's named in honor of famed ventriloquist Edgar Bergen. Nesbitt says there are proposed uses for the building once the rehab's finished. From the village of Decatur, they would like to move their village offices into the building. I believe they've also had some interest from senior services as to providing some services there or office space. And of course, we're always looking to address the housing needs in the community. The state grant is specifically for this property, and Nesbitt says the Van Buren County Land Bank has previously used state blight elimination grants to fix up properties in South Haven, Bangor, and Lawton. The Van Buren County Board of Commissioners will need to accept the grant and then the land bank can start seeking bids for the building rehab. Nesbitt hopes action can begin at the site within the next six months. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has accepted a $266,000 grant to implement a life skills program at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Crater Southwest Michigan using a school resource officer. Commissioners approved a resolution today accepting the Burns State Crisis Interve- Intervention Program grant to expand its Peers Making Peace program at the Boys and Girls Club locations in Benton Harbor. The resolution notes the county contracted with the city of Benton Harbor in 2016 to provide a resource officer at Boys and Girls Club locations. It says that partnership's been a success and now the county would like to grow Peers Making Peace using the resource officer to teach young people about social skills, conflict prevention and resolution, peer modeling and coaching. The goal is to reduce assaults, expulsions, absences, and disciplinary referrals in schools. With the approval of the grant, the Berrien County Sheriff's Department can now get to work on growing that initiative. And Michigan Senate Republicans have introduced a package of legislation intended to protect the state from the effects of illegal immigration. State Senator Eric Nesbitt tells us the bills are in response to the ongoing issues at the southern border. The Senate Republicans' strong border safer communities plans would, one, increase penalties for anyone who brings fentanyl into our communities, two, require every Michigan community to enforce state and federal immigration laws ending this practice of so-called sanctuary cities. Nesbitt says open borders mean more fentanyl gets into the country at a time when drug overdoses are now the leading cause of death for Americans aged 
18 to 45. The southern border may seem a long way away, but Joe Biden's open-door policy is hurting communities through the scourge of fentanyl. Legislation would require local law enforcement agencies to cooperate with federal law enforcement on immigration, effectively banning sanctuary cities in Michigan. The package was introduced yesterday and was expected to go before a committee today. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. House Speaker Mike Johnson is slamming the potential presidential executive action efforts for the southern border as election year gimmicks. ABC's M. Wynn has more on this from Washington. House Speaker Mike Johnson is blasting the Biden administration after the president announced he would consider executive action to limit migrant crossings at the southern border. In the statement, Johnson said the administration's efforts were just, quote, election year gimmicks that don't actually secure the border. This comes weeks after Senate Republicans tanked a bipartisan deal on border security. The White House accused Republicans of playing politics with the well-being of American families. M. Wynn ABC News, Washington. International efforts to broker a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas appear to be gaining new momentum. The White House says a visit by a senior envoy with Israeli leaders is going well, and other mediators reported encouraging signs from the warring parties. The new signs of progress come ahead of an expected summit this weekend in Paris. The U.S., Egypt, and Qatar have been struggling for weeks to find a formula that could halt Israel's devastating offensive in Gaza, but now face an unofficial deadline as the Muslim holy month of Ramadan approaches. The White House says President Biden met today in San Francisco with Alexei Navalny's widow and daughter. ABC's Karen Travers has more. The White House says President Biden conveyed his condolences to Yulia and Dasha Navalnaya for their loss and expressed his admiration for Alexei Navalny's courage and legacy of fighting against corruption and for a free and democratic Russia. According to a readout of their meeting, the president emphasized that Navalny's legacy will carry on through people across Russia and around the world who are fighting for freedom, democracy and human rights. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Yemen's Houthi rebels have launched attacks on both Israel and a ship traveling through the Gulf of Aden. The attack today set the vessel ablaze and again demonstrated their ability to launch assaults despite facing U.S.-led airstrikes targeting their forces. The rebels' supreme leader announced that the escalation in sea operations would be conducted by his forces as part of what they describe as a pressure campaign to end Israel's war on Hamas. But the Houthis' targets have grown more random since their attacks began in November. It's endangering a vital waterway for cargo and energy shipments traveling from Asia and the Middle East onward to Europe. The New York judge who ruled against Donald Trump in his civil fraud trial has now signed the judgment sealing the penalty that he issued last week. That's despite a last-minute attempt on Trump's part to convince the judge to delay it. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The request from Donald Trump's lawyers for an extra 30-day delay prompted a flat rejection. Judge Arthur Ngorin said Trump's attorneys, quote, failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for a stay. It means that even as he pursues an appeal, Trump now has 30 days to either put up the money in full or secure a bond for the entire penalty of $355 million plus interest. Republican presidential contender Nikki Haley is on the attack against her rival Donald Trump, with South Carolina's primary voters heading to the polls on Saturday. More from ABC's Rachel Scott. With the South Carolina primary just two days away, Nikki Haley still far behind Donald Trump, What's ramping up her attacks on the former president. And then you look at Donald Trump. There's nothing normal about mocking members of the military. There's nothing normal about paying 50, taking $50 million of campaign contributions and spending it on your own personal court cases. Trump has mocked Haley's husband, 
who was serving a one-year deployment overseas as a major in the Army National Guard. AT&T says it has restored wireless coverage after an outage knocked out cell phone service on its network across the U.S. for hours today. A statement from the Dallas-based company today says that it has service to all of its affected customers restored. Outage tracker down detector noted that outages started about 3.30 a.m. and peaked around 73,000 reported incidents. AT&T had more than 58,000 outages around noon in locations that included Houston, Atlanta, and Chicago. The carrier has more than 240 million subscribers, the country's largest. And this month, Google launched Gemini, an artificial intelligence program that can generate text and images. But now the tech giant is facing pushback over some pictures the program created. More from ABC's Mike Dubusky. When prompted to generate images of German soldiers from the early 40s, Google Gemini produces images of black men and Asian women, according to a report from The Verge. Other outlets found similar historical inaccuracies when asking the program to generate images of popes or the founding fathers. Now, Google says it's pausing Gemini's ability to create images of people. It also says the feature does generate a wide range of people, and that's generally a good thing, but it's missing the mark here. Mike Dubusky, ABC News.